Wertes in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Die Frage ist nicht, wer die Kinder entführt hat, sondern wann. Das Ende ist der Anfang. Und der Anfang ist das Ende. Tick, tick. Du wirst alles verstehen, wenn es an der Zeit ist zu verstehen. Tick, tick. Aber jede Entscheidung für etwas ist doch immer eine Entscheidung gegen etwas. Hello and welcome to Dark, a companion podcast to the Netflix TV series. I'm Mergles. I'm PB. And I'm Acorn. Shall we begin? Yes. yes. All right. Before we dive in, I just want to point out this is a companion podcast and not a watch along. Watch the show. Watch the whole show. Come back to talk with us about the show that you just watched in its entirety. We've chosen to run the podcast as more of a discussion between friends, so we each go away with a topic for the week, we have our own notes, and then we come together and share it. No one has any sneak peeks at each other's notes, and that means that we won't always get everything completely right, but it should also lend for more surprises. Ultimately, we want you to feel like you're in our living room discussing right along with us. Today, we are going to be talking about Bartosh and Celia. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Okay, but before we dive in, do we have mm -hmm. any housekeeping by any chance? No, I don't believe so. I don't believe Nothing so either. Came up. Yep. Yeah. Okay, solid. I have a question of the week for us. Ooh. Yes. Okay. I'm okay. ready. The question today is, what would you have done if Noah came to you like he did to Bartosh? Oh, and said there's a battle between light and dark? Yeah, if he if if you were Bartosh and Noah was like jump in my dark limo. No. First of all, I feel like the ladies I yeah. feel like this is a ladies issue <laughs> now yeah. that I yeah. think about it. Yeah. <laughs> because I would be like, I don't want to listen to anything you have to say. And also I'm calling the cops. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not getting in a car with a strange man. I don't care how piercing your eyes are, Noah. It's, <laughs> you know, or your jawline. It's not happening. Take out take out the car, leave in the priest, and then leave in the whole there's a battle between light and dark and you're in involved and etc cetera, etc cetera. i would probably be super curious also thinking curiosity killed the cat but i would want to know a little bit more so i could figure out what to think about it i think 15 year old me would be like oh hell yeah this is like right everything yeah. i've wanted to know secret societies and adult me would be like excuse you absolutely not like i'm not getting in a car with a stranger like or i'm not gonna you know you're weird which is you know how predators are born because <laughs> young, young teenagers are very susceptible to that kind of shit right <laughs> i feel like it's definitely my my response would have been like oh i think i like listened to a podcast about this kind of cult before <laughs> like yeah yeah been, like where's your pamphlet buddy yeah, exactly I, w I think i would immediately default to this is a cult uh now and uh, when i was younger i would have been like oh yeah Yeah, what's my superpower you know right. that kind of thing so oh, dude yeah when i was a teenager i would have been like i know <laughs> we're already on the same page <laughs> <laughs> i felt it two weeks ago yeah i, knew I just it knew this whole time <laughs> i just That's knew uncomfortably true <laughs> yeah yeah dude <laughs> big love to our teenage cult selves so the weird thing about that is, does Bartosh have any evidence? He just gets in the car and listens to this guy, right? Yeah, I think Noah ropes him in with information about Jonas. And he kind of... With information about Jonas and his grandmother too, right? Like, I think he says, your grandma's oh, going to come yeah. to visit you. 
And he's like, I haven't seen her in however many years, but then she shows yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Like extra predator 101, like know enough about that person's life and mm-hmm. so that you can just drop some facts. Yep. So they trust you. Yeah. It's creepy as hell, man. Come on, Noah. That's pretty creepy. Why do we love him again? Is it just <laughs> his muscles? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> because I feel like when you think about anything else. <laughs> If you take anything else into account, literally my love for Noah comes down to the shot of him with the tattoo in the back and the digging a hole or like cleaning up, just mopping. I like how mysterious he is. Yeah, me too. And I also like, I also like, you know, he's very intelligent and he's playing chess, like people chess. Yeah, I find that pretty alluring. But then, you know, it's revealed that he is not playing chess at all. Somebody else is playing chess. Yeah. And then he becomes sympathetic and Mm -hmm. you like him even more. Yep. I I think the slow burn of mystery got me hooked on his character. And Mm -hmm. then as everything unfolded, it was revealed how out of control and how much of a pawn he was. It just solidified my love for him. Yeah. All right. So on that note, I think this is a good opportunity Mm. to jump into Bartosh and Cilia. Mm -hmm. So first, I do have some crazy brong stuff about Bartosh. Can't wait. But I think we should start talking about Cilia, go through her like little plotty plot, discuss her. And then I think we'll get to Bartosh because I think the majority of stuff that I have is for for him. Okay. So according to the Dark IO, which is now my favorite resource for doing our recaps. Yeah, it's the best. Okay. Cilia Tiedemann. Cilia was conceived during a brief affair between Egon Tiedemann and time-traveling Hannah Convald in 1954. Hannah decided to keep the pregnancy at the last minute and give birth to Cilia in 1988. Egon never learns of his daughter's existence. Season 3, Episode 7, five-year-old Cilia travels with her mother to 1911, where Hannah hopes to visit her son and Cilia's half-brother, Jonas. On the night of their arrival, Jonas, who now goes by Adam, enters the room where they are staying and suffocates Hannah with a pillow. I should say, he actually suffocates her with his bare hands. Following Hannah's death, Adam sends his half-sister Cilia into the future to be raised by Elizabeth Doppler. As a teenager, Cilia is a member of the group that reveres the Sigmundus prophecy and lives in the woods surrounding devastated Winden. Cilia acts as a sign language interpreter for the leader of the group, Elizabeth. When young Jonas arrives in 2052, Cilia is the first person he encounters. Elizabeth has forbidden anyone from entering the nuclear power plant ruins. Jonas gets caught in the restricted zone and is held captive, but Cilia secretly releases him. She also wants to find out what's in the ruins. She's present when Jonas manages to stabilize the black matter and disappear through the time portal. Cilia is one of the followers that gathers around Adam in 2053. He sends each of them on various missions through time. Cilia helps capture Martha from Ava's world on Adam's behalf. While there, she steals Martha's 19th century clothes for a mission of her own. Cilia travels to 1890 and watches Bartosh in the woods after he's fallen out with Jonas. The two become a couple. Cilia and Bartosh have a baby boy and call him Hanno. Adam later renames him Noah. Cilia dies while giving birth to her second child, who she'd already named Agnes. Her son Hanno witnesses the tragic birth. And that is the end of Cilia. So I don't know if you have this written down, but it kind of blew my mind to look at their timelines and realize that Cilia and Hannah died in the same building one year apart. 1910 Whoa. and 1911. St- what? What? <laughs> I did not catch that. Wow. Acorn just dropping the bomb. <laughs> Acorn just rolled in here. 
Isn't that crazy when you realize that? Yes, now, right now. I had a moment when I realized that is how everything went down. And it makes sense, too, that are they in the same bed? No. She's Opposite in the bed beds. that she was stolen from. Oh, my God. I think so. She's in the same bed that she was stolen. Oh, my God. If it's the same room, then I think yes. it's the same Opposite room. sides. Yeah. Wow. That's my really dude. cool. <laughs> I literally started. I was like, I don't know if I have anything cool for Celia. Acorn in here just dropping the brongs. <laughs> I, I do love how that happens every week. And just for our listeners, just so you know, we got together this morning and Merkels is like, hey, can we get like 30 more minutes before we record? I am on to something. I'm in a hole. <laughs> I'm in the hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I don't think that's going to be the only brong moment we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because I started like I was doing research mm-hmm. throughout the week and then I like caught on something basically an hour before we were going to start. I was that like, happens Let me just to review me a lot too, because I re- review yeah. things and then I pull up all my sources so that they're ready. And then mm-hmm. sometimes I catch something right beforehand. And I'm like, now, wait a second. What is this? It's just like, I think our brains are trained to be in that kind of analytical state on this day on Sunday. Yeah. 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 Because mm-hmm. during the week, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Let me just compile this. And then on the day, I'm like, wait, what is that tiny thread poking out of that tapestry over there? <laughs> so true. Allow me to pull it. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, Acorn, crazy. that's crazy. I also think Celia is a really uh, tragic character because we don't see too much with her. And I wish that we could see more. She strikes me as a, what is that called? Brood mare, right? Yeah. And that's it. And that's the only yeah. thing that she serves in the story and the plot, which I find a little bit disappointing, but also at the same time somewhat understandable because they could only cover so many people but it it does seem like she's literally there to give birth and then that's it yeah it's the same thing with inez you know she was like there to be the mom for mickle and like that's kind of it yeah that said though i still find inez somewhat fascinating like i think they give there's some more there to be like okay you know, what loss did she suffer and, and those kinds of things. But yeah, I guess I guess you're right when it boils down to it. I think also when I was doing my research on it, I, I did note that in the dark wiki, so not the dark IO, but the dark wiki on Celia's page, it did say that her and Bartosh were together for two decades. I, I found that super interesting. Oh, even just from a personal level, like if they were together for two decades then they oh, had great love for 20 each other. Years, That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they met in 1890 and then she died in childbirth in 1910, giving birth yeah. to Agnes. So you're right. That's 20 years. And they met as teenagers. A long time. Yeah. So they, yeah, they were together then. Oh, wow. And then they didn't end up starting to have kids until do you think they were 1904 maybe i don't know but that's a long time to be together and not like they clearly loved each other they didn't have their first kid until 14 years into their relationship oh wow yeah yeah that's crazy man wow that really puts things into perspective it reminds me of the conversation we had about alexander and how there seems to be so much to his character and so many possibilities for the way his character is tied into the story but it's just not explored so it's same thing it's like 20 years that we just don't know what happened aside from two births so to your point pb it's kind of like it reduces Celia's character to that of a mother, a womb, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. But like just thinking about what could have happened in those 20 years, I mean, that also pretty much explains Celia's involvement, deep involvement with Sigmundus. Yeah. Because Bartosh mm-hmm. is 
right there, right next to Adam and being with Celia means she would be exposed to that too. I think it's also uh, adds a bit to the tragedy to some extent when you think about the fact, at least from Bartosh's perspective, which is kind of a bummer because I think it adds to his tragedy hugely as well, is the idea that she dies in childbirth and like how much, how difficult that would have been when you are trapped in 1910, knowing that the technology existed in your own time. Oh God. You'd be looking at your wife and the love of your life basically going like if we were still if i was in my correct time this wouldn't be happening yeah Yeah, that's a good point it's also interesting too because we know that bartage and most likely Celia were very much believers in paradise and what adam was saying because we don't see Bartosh start to falter until Adam is a t- or until Noah is a teenager. Yeah, I think there is there are those scenes though where he has a fight with Jonas, like the stranger age Jonas after finding out that he's Adam and that's the fight that he has right before he meets Celia. So they have a huge fight after Altworld Martha comes and tells him. Yeah, but I think it's it's implied that that is simply like a fight and then he still ends up believing it. Maybe, maybe potentially because Celia believes it. I don't know. It makes me wonder if Celia was part of the grand plan, a way to settle Bartosh down and keep Bartosh him in the fold. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually interested in that because in my research, I did find that Bartosh is a pretty loyal companion in Eret looks, but we do see him struggle a lot with doubt in various time periods. Uh, in the main, in Adam's world. Yeah. What is the main difference of those two? I think it's his relationship with Jonas, probably. Yeah, I think Celia plays a major role in Bartosh's life because of that, because he has the fight with Adam in 1890 about the truth behind everything. I mean, it's pretty much like a, you said we would get out of here. It's been two years. Yeah. Like what's what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. And he leaves, meets Celia. They fall in love and apparently spend 20 years together before they have kids. So in my mind, I think Celia gave him something to live for in 1890. Mm -hmm. And he she became his world and she became the reason why it was okay that he couldn't go home to 2019. And when she died, I think a lot of his hope and faith died with her. Because that was when he starts declining again. Yeah, because could you yeah. imagine? Oh my God. The, the thing I'd be thinking is if we were in 2019, she wouldn't be yeah. dead right now from childbirth. Yeah. They would have been able to save her. Yeah. Yeah. And think about it too. In, uh, in 1920, we see that Bartosh has the tattoo also of the Emerald Tablet. So I think he got that tattoo when he was together with Celia, when his faith was alive enough yeah. that he still believed. And when she died, that was really his decline that culminated in Noah killing him outside of the the caves. He starts to doubt when she dies, I think. I think it is interesting that that then his son has a similar relationship with that dynamic. If we look at him and Elizabeth and Elizabeth needing paradise and that being the push for him. And then he grows to doubt outside of that relationship after horrible things happen. I think that's an interesting dynamic sort of like did that get passed down? Is the narrative kind of almost the same, even though we didn't really see it established the same way with Bartosh and Celia? But is that kind of, because if you think about it, Celia was raised by Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. So it stands to reason that Celia would, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Celia was like, tell me about paradise (laughs) because she'd heard it from Elizabeth so frequently. 
And that could have primed her for being a loyal servant to Adam after she'd mm-hmm. traveled. Yeah, that also that's a great point. Surprise me because in this show, everything repeats itself. So yep. I think that's a yeah. very safe bet to make. Yeah, actually. So on the topic of Bartosh and Celia, I'm thinking through the timeline. Can you fucking imagine falling in love with a woman, being with her for 20 years, having two children, yep. watching her die in front of you, and then Hannah shows up with the child that is going to be your wife. And you can't say anything. And you can't say anything. I actually think that might have been the moment that yep. broke his his spirit, broke I his grief. Yeah. Because they could have saved her. Yeah. They could change it. And now he sees that she's just part of the, she's part of everything. She's part of the plot. You know, I think watching her give birth to Noah, Hanno, and Agnes was one thing. But then watching Celia arrive with a time traveler, Adam's mother, and realizing the woman I fell in love with is just as deep in this shit as everyone else. Yeah. Like, God, to be stuck in the past and then have that kind of realization, like, that would that would probably be my final straw. I'd yeah. be like, all right, yeah. fuck everything. <laughs> I'm done. I don't care anymore. Yeah, for sure. I think you actually do kind of see it, though, when she names him Hanno. There's that shot where you see Bartosh's expression as he's kind of like taken aback and the moment of realization hits him. And then I think you also see it in him when she dies and he names her Agnes because yeah. he knows that that's what he needs to name her. I think with Bartosh, it's a thousand cuts. It's almost like yeah, its own cancer, the cancer that his yeah. mom died of, you know? Yeah. And man, I, I almost think that there's an element of escape in that relationship because you're right. He does have these moments of recognition when Hanno is born and Agnes is born. And I think he understands what's happening and how he and Celia are giving birth to some really big players in Sigmundus. But I think because he was trying to find a reason to be okay with being in 1890. I think Celia becomes that reason. And he, Mm -hmm. I think to some extent, he kind of ignores that stuff. He just lets it slide because it's like, well, I'm with someone that I love. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's easier for him to just deal. And then when she dies, he doesn't have any reason to to deal with it all anymore. Yeah. Uh, One thing I'd like to note is that Celia is a girl's name of Scandinavian origin, meaning blind one. (gasps) <gasps> which really? is crazy yeah holy shit what the fuck wow, that's because a good she's find. basically blind to yep. the yep. greater picture her whole life she's yep. sent to the future raised by elizabeth who is like fully bought into paradise meets bartosh births babies and then dies <laughs> yeah all in sigmundus yeah yep. wow it's crazy so on that note let's segue into bartosh I will read uh, Bartosh's history on the Dark I.O., and then we'll get into some of what I spent most of my morning obsessing about, like a... Like a... What's his name? The guy with the the wall? Charlie Wall. Charlie, yes. Oh, yes. Obsessing like a Charlie. Obsessing like a Charlie, with red string everywhere. So, Bartosh Tiedemann. Bartosh comes across as arrogant, but he's actually quite insecure. He is the only child of wealthy parents. His father, Alexander, runs the nuclear power plant, and his mother, Regina, manages a hotel. After Eric Obendorf disappears in fall 2019, Bartosh wants to find his drug stash in the Winden Caves. He's joined by his girlfriend, Marta, best friend, Jonas, Magnus, and little Mikkel. Mikkel goes missing near the caves, never to be found again. 
Bartosz takes a smartphone from Eric Obendorf's stash. When it rings, he assumes it's Eric's dealer and decides to meet up with Noah. Noah tells Bartosz about the secret of time travel, winning him over as an ally. In the summer of 2020, Bartosz is worried about his cancer-stricken mother, Regina. Then, Marta breaks up with him because she feels like he's hiding something from her. Does he know about the cancer when he accepts Noah's bullshit about time travel? I actually wonder if Noah gives him that information to win him over. Because I'm I'm wondering, like, what would he have said for Bartosz to believe that? Yeah. Or for Bartosz to be won over? And they purposely leave it blank. He talks about the light and shadow, but... I think he tells him about Jonas having an affair with Marta. I want to say that's the one thing, but they also kind of insinuate that they spend some time together. Like Bartosz checks in with Noah a lot, but we only really see maybe two of those scenes from what I remember. Yeah. Bartosz is secretly working for Noah, who has given him a time machine. When he goes to use it in the Winden Caves, he runs into Martha, Magnus, Francisca, and Elizabeth. They force him to explain himself. To prove he's telling the truth, Bartosz travels with them to 1987. Magnus takes the machine and eventually passes it on to Katerina. On the day of the apocalypse, Bartosz, Magnus, and Francisca search in vain for the time machine. They meet the stranger who identifies himself as Jonas. The group escapes just in time with another version of the time machine. Bartosz, Francisca, Magnus, and the adult Jonas land in 1888. Their time machine is no longer working, but old Gustav Tannhaus lets them stay and work in his workshop. A few months later, they're visited by Martha, but it's a different Martha from Ava's world. Bartosh is frustrated that Jonas isn't making any progress with his time machine and threatens to leave Winden. On a walk through the woods, he meets Celia, a young woman who's just arrived from the future. Bartosh and Celia become a couple and welcome their first child in 1904. That's 100% what happened then. Adam knew that he would stay if he met Celia in the woods. Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent, because it happened right after the fight. Oh, that's heartbreaking. As Celia cradles her newborn in her arms, she decides to call him Hanno. Celia dies in childbirth with her second baby, but there is no doubt she would have named her Agnes. Yeah, they even say. Bartosz runs in and they, the midwife tells him she wanted to name her Agnes. Bartosz and his son Hanno create a tunnel in the Winden Caves that will later be used for time travel. A tattoo on his chest reveals he's a follower of Sigmundus, but he has doubts about Adam's plans for salvation. Hanno thinks this is a betrayal and kills his father with a pickaxe. And that is the end of Bartosh. Part of me wonders, like, do you think Bartosh knew that he was going to be killed by Hanno in that moment? There's almost a reticence, like he's almost resigning himself in a way. But I don't know. I don't think he was fully surprised. Yeah, that's, I'll go with that, too. I don't think he knew in the way that we know because of time travel. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he knows Adam well enough to know that when you disbelieve that there's no purpose for you anymore. Yeah. And I think yeah. he wanted out anyway. Yeah. So actually a thing on on the killing, because that's something that's kind of glossed over. It's one of the very first things we see from that time period. And we, at the time, we don't know it's Bartosh and that's Bartosh's son. Yeah. I wanted to go back to that and like really figure out what exactly was happening there. And so I think what ended up happening since we've talked about Bartosh and Celia and how Bartosh really lost his faith after Celia died, and especially when he saw young Celia arrive in the 1800s. I almost want to say that it was a two birds, one stone situation because often Bartosh means Bartosh isn't around when traveling Jonas arrives and Noah killing his father could be treated as like an initiation of sorts into Sigmundus. It was 100% a test. 
Yeah. yeah. They don't do that for everyone. Like it's not an official in- initiation, but it's like it was spun in a way where it's like, Noah, if you do this, then you are fully taken into the fold. You are fully an agent of Sigmundus. You can be trusted, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think it's it's crazy to think about about that, especially since it feels like Adam kept Bartosh around like he kept him around. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he sent Celia to was it 2053 when she was 11 he could have shipped bartosh off if you really want to wanted him out of the picture but i think he served a better purpose by being a sacrifice and being what's it called the gauntlet for bartosh to complete to be able to earn his his place in sigmundus yeah i can only imagine what would have happened if bartosh was still around and traveling jonas showed up like in that way i think bartosh would have completely spilled the beans and be like dude Here's what's going down. Yeah. And here's why you should do X, Y, Z. Fuck Adam. Don't trust him. This is all some Machiavellian plot. Like, get out while you can. Yeah. I think it's really, really interesting to me to think that um, a lot of the theories around Bartosh in the beginning were that Bartosh was Noah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to look at the relationship between the two of them because Noah basically is fully aware by the time he recruits him in that car that he's going to kill him or that he already has killed him. Yeah. But he's looking at teen dad going, you're going to grow up, you're going to give birth to me and I'm going to kill you. I know exactly how you die. That is so fucked. That's so fucked. Why do we like him again? Right. So he's <laughs> sitting in that car, right? And he knows that when he says there's a path of light and dark. And then Bartosh also knows, right? Bartosh, by the time he sees Noah grown and knows his name is Noah or that he's being called Noah, he's like, you're the one who recruits me in the car. They're they're intrinsically linked. They're the snake eating its own tail, like a very clear picture of it here in the show. They are very interwoven and they know that they are. The only thing is that Bartosh doesn't know that Noah is going to kill him, but he does know that, you know, and I went back to see if Noah made any reference to his father in front of Bartosh, and he didn't. So at least from the couple scenes that I watched in interaction with them, but who's to say that, you know, maybe they didn't. But yeah, it's very interesting to think about not only like how these characters are connected timeline wise, but what they know and what they would be thinking and feeling in the mm-hmm. realization moments. You know, like you mentioned Acorn about realizing when she calls her son Hanno, he knew yep. in that moment instantly, oh God, that's Noah. That's the man who recruited me. Got me here. Yeah. 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 So crazy. I think their relationship and how rocky it is really comes down to just the dynamic of them being a parent child. And something that really kind of struck me was we love Alexander and Regina so much, but I don't think they were very good parents when you think about it. I think they were more of that stereotypical rich family who kind of dotes on their only son, who gives him everything he wants, who pays for everything. But like when it comes to emotional support, they weren't there for him as much as they were there for each other. You think so? Wow. That's like a super interesting thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree just because um, I don't know if we saw enough. Like I definitely feel like Bartaj, he seems very happy. Right in the in the beginning scenes where we see him when he's with Marta 
and he covers for his best friend. His best friend's mm -hmm. dad just killed himself and he's like hiding this secret. He's He's got the makings to do that and he seems to have an okay relationship, you know, with his mom and and dad a little bit. Like that one conversation where his dad reveals to him like, hey, I'm a murderer. Yeah. Artosh's upset seems to be at the secret hiding, which is mm -hmm. what it, it which does, makes sense yeah. because it's what just happened it with him and Jonas and Marta. And he's just tired of secrets at this point, which is, I think, partially why the allure of Noah works on him because Noah's telling him everything, supposedly. Yeah. And the whole truth. Yeah. Right. Which is probably extra shocking when he realizes the truth was still hidden from him when Celia names the child Hanno. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? Bartage's issue seems to be with the secrets that everybody is holding. So it's only when that starts happening that he starts to really take issue. And, you know, like mom's got cancer and I, I, he has no support from his friends. Like I just remember watching the beginning of that show and being like, wow, nobody is a good friend here. Everybody's like really shitty to yeah. each other. And like your friend's mom is dying of cancer and like you're, it, they're just not, he does not have emotional support. I agree with you, but I don't know how much emotional support they can give him when it's the whole family dealing with it. You know, I think like, that's what I'm, what I'm saying. Like we, yeah. we see Bartosh alone a lot in this show. Yeah. He has a, an okay relationship with his parents. Like I think he's wanted, I think he's loved, but I think yeah. that deep emotional support that you need when you're going through a hard time, his parents aren't necessarily able to give him because yeah. they're dealing with their own shit. Yeah. And so that amount of distance, I think, trickles into his relationship with Hano, because when you think about it, he has Hano. And this could be because he knows who Hano is. And it's like he unconsciously distances himself from his son. But like Hano and Agnes are raised by Adam and that housekeeper lady, the innkeeper. Yeah. Bartosh is literally alive until Hano is a teenager and kills him. And yet I don't think he's really a father to his children the way that no, he could have been there. Well, I don't think that's Bartage's fault. I think Adam takes Hano and Hano for sure. Noah. Yeah. 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 But you can see the way that like Hano and Agnes developed as kids. Like, I don't think they had the deep emotional support that they needed either. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Also total aside, Hano as what, seven years old or five years old or something, watching his mother die dead in front of him mm -hmm. after giving birth to a sister like psychologically there have been studies that say if you are a child under age the age of 10 and you go through a traumatic experience like that like the death of a parent or you know abuse or whatever like it will actually change your brain chemistry for the rest of your life like yeah i can't imagine that's just insane now the real question is did he do it on purpose did he let him watch knowing that it would change his brain chemistry. Adam? Yeah. Like, did he let him watch because he knew this is what's going to make it easier for him to believe me? I don't know. I buy that. I buy it. I would buy it too. I mean. Oh, man. That's he extra is like five years of... old. Pregnancy is kind of like a big, intense thing to deal when you're that young. But he also knew. He knew she was going yeah. to die in childbirth. Why would you right. have him in the room? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless at some point Noah says something to him while growing up, like watching my mother changed everything. So yeah. then Adam is like, you have to be in the room. That's fucked up, dude. Yep. <sighs> yeah, that's crazy. It's just like those, it's, it's those extra levels of peeling away 
from that surface of the show that I really enjoy with these characters thinking about things like that. Like he knew she was going to die in childbirth. So he didn't have to have Noah in the room watching at five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Even so, you really wouldn't normally have a kid in there watching anyway, right? It's fucked up. Yeah. Well, aside from Bartosh's like incredible tragedy of his character, mm -hmm. which I, I would agree with you, Peeves, especially around, I think the term I would use for him at the beginning of the show is well-adjusted. Yeah. And I yeah. think that everything kind of after that is like tumbling and thinking back on almost every conflict he has in the show it is around lies yep. and it is around information that is not being shared yeah especially the big fight that he has with uh the strangers when he says you know marta told me that you're adam um because up until that point they don't know that yeah yeah so yeah it's pretty crazy but i did find on the note of what Celia's name means oh yeah i did find something very interesting mm -hmm about Bartosh. Okay. <gasps> oh my God, what is that? So if you will join me on this Charlie Day yes. <laughs> hole of crazy. I got my string ready. Forgive me if it's not crazy, but here we go. Bartosz is a Polish name mm -hmm. and it is the Polish version of Bartholomew. Bartholomew was, of course, one of the 12 apostles of Jesus. Oh, his name derives from the Aramaic name meaning son of Talmai. Talmai either comes from Telem, Furrow. No, stop. Or is a Hebrew version of Ptolemy. No, stop. So if we start to go into, first of all, St. Bartholomew was one of Jesus's apostles. No, which we talked about guy. in the last episode. Yeah. One of the 12 apostles. Yes. But Ptolemy is also very interesting because... Ptolemy was a name that was used across history, including um, in Egypt, there was a Ptolemaic dynasty. Ptolemy was yeah. the best friend of Alexander the Great, and he created the Ptolemaic dynasty, which one of their religions was Hermeticism. No! Yes. Additionally, when people say Ptolemy, they usually mean this one guy, Claudius Ptolemy. I have full body goosebumps. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Claudius Ptolemy was a mathematician, astronomer, natural philosopher, geographer, and astrologer who wrote several scientific treatises, three of which were important to later Byzantine, Islamic, and Western European science. The first is the astronomical treatise now known as the Almagest. They use that. That's the poster, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So holy here shit. We go. <laughs> here we go <laughs> so although it was originally entitled mathematical treatise and then known as the great treatise the second is the geography which is a thorough discussion of the geographic knowledge of the greco-roman world the third is the astrological treatise in which he attempted to adapt horoscopic astrology to the aristotelian natural philosophy of his day ptolemy lived in the city of Alexandria, in the Roman province of Egypt, under the rule of the Roman Empire, had a Latin name, which several historians have taken to imply he was also a Roman citizen, cited Greek philosophers and used Babylonian observations and Babylonian lunar theory. The 14th century astronomer Theodore Melitiniotis gave his birthplace as the prominent Greek city Ptolemaeus Hermio. He died in Alexandria around the year 168. So a couple of things that I found super interesting, one of which is that 
a printed map from the 15th century depicting Ptolemy's description of the Ecumene. This was done in 1482 by Johannes Schnitzer. Shut up! <laughs> Sorry. I wonder if it will look familiar to you. Yeah, it's the map. It's not the map, but the elements of the, the, the blowing winds. blowing yeah. air. Yeah. The blowing winds. He's the one that yes. did it. We, uh, what's crazy to me is we found that name back in the other yeah. episode. When we were talking about Hermeticism, yeah. I believe we talked yeah, about yeah, Ptolemy. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. Shut. So one of the other things, oh. dude. <laughs> Everything loops back on itself. What the hell? Also, like, quick recap. Bartosh is a derivation of Bartholomew, who yes. is one of the 12 disciples. And then what was yes. the leap from Bartholomew to Ptolemy? So the name Bartholomew is a Aramaic name, meaning son of Talmai. Bar is Aramaic for sun and marks patronyms. Talmai either comes from Telem, furrow, or is a Hebrew version of Ptolemy. What the fuck? Thus, Bartholomew so son is of Ptolemy. either son, son of, of Furs, yeah, yeah, son yeah. of Ptolemy. Son of Hermeticism. Yep. Yes. A.K.A. Yep. Deep in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Disciple, which is what he yep. is. <sighs> Holy yes, exactly. crap. So St. Bartholomew, he's known for the fact that he was martyred by being flayed alive. He is the patron saint of like leatherworking, which is, I think, very crazy. One of the many miracles claimed to have been performed by Bartholomew before and after his death, two of which are known by the townsfolk of the small Italian island of Lipari. The people of Lipari celebrate his feast day annually. The tradition of the people was to take the solid silver and gold statue from inside the cathedral of St. Bartholomew and carry it through the town. On one occasion, when taking the statue down the hill towards the town, it suddenly became very heavy and had to be set down. When the men carrying the statue regained their strength, they lifted it a second time. After another few seconds, it got even heavier. They set it down and attempted once more to pick it up. They managed to lift it, but had to put it down one last time. Within seconds, walls further downhill collapsed. If the statue had been able to be lifted, the townspeople would have been killed. So that was one of his miracles. The second miracle was during World War II, the fascist regime looked for ways to finance their activities. The order was given to take the silver statue of St. Bartholomew and melt it down. The statue was weighed, and it was found to only be a few grams. It was returned to its place in the Cathedral of Lippery. In reality, the statue is made from many kilograms of silver, and it is considered a miracle that it was not melted down during World War II. So that's super interesting. Some of Bartholomew's alleged skull was transferred to the Frankfurt Cathedral. So apparently that's a thing as well. But aside aside from St. Bartholomew, back to Ptolemy, one of the things that I found also very interesting especially when we think of Hermeticism and the Hermetic episode that we did where we found all of these main players who were very involved. Ptolemy wrote an influential work called Harmonics on music theory and the mathematics of music. After criticizing the approaches of his predecessors, Ptolemy argued for basing musical intervals on mathematical ratios. This goes on, but he presented his own divisions of the tetrachord and the octave, which he derived with the help of a monochord. His harmonics never had the influence of his Almagest or planetary hypotheses, but a part of it, Book 3, did encourage Kepler in his own musings of the harmony of the world. So Kepler, Johannes Kepler, which is the German astronomer, mathematician, and astrologer, he is a key figure in the 17th century scientific revolution, known for his laws of planetary motion, all this stuff. 
he inspired Sir Isaac Newton. Yeah. Yeah. I came across this name. Yeah. He learned the Ptolemaic system and the Copernican system of planetary motion, all this stuff. Basically, the guy is crazy and very fundamental in, in our understanding of space and science and all of that stuff. Yeah. Anyway. So that was a, that was the crazy hole that I went down <laughs> because I don't think that these things can be entirely explained away just based on some of the stuff that we've talked about on this podcast. I feel like I feel like this stuff was I don't know. Yeah. The name thing is gets yep. me. Wow. We know they named everyone on purpose here through the yeah. show, which is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. There's there's power in a name. Yeah. I did find an old Reddit thread, like before it was revealed, scene where Noah is killing his father, which we all know is Bartosh. Before it's revealed that that's Bartosh, a couple of people had posted on Reddit saying, does anybody notice that this looks a hell of a lot like Bartosh? And while looking through that, I saw a comment that was like, oh, you know, this is great. This is some of the best, you know, TV I've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. And somebody randomly comments, it sort of seems like they're dissing the show because they go, except your eye color will magically change LMAFO. And I'm like, that's because they're, it's changing as they go through more time travel. And somebody replied saying, it only happens to young Jonas, by the way. All other people are wearing contacts right now. Maybe there's still something we don't know. And then somebody else replied, no, Ulrich goes through a huge difference in eye color as well. I missed it. In the oh whole God. study of <gasps> eyes and the whatever changing color, I knew that the time travelers were changing eye color, but I didn't know it was so extreme that people were picking up on it before that was revealed. Yeah, I didn't clock that at all. Yeah. Is there a picture? Um, I, There isn't, but I'm going to go now. Because at the time this was posted, people were talking about it being an error in the color coding or just, you know, randomly forgot to put contacts in one day. They didn't realize it was actually part of the story. Oh, my God. I was like this close to commenting on the Reddit thread and being like, if anybody sees this, turns out it was related to time travel. Anybody yeah. who's traveling, their eyes change, which is so cool. So I'm going to have to go back and take a look at that and see a comparison video. Yeah, that's wild. One last thing about the Hermeticism thing yes, sorry. Uh, I've posted in the group. Mm -hmm. This is a work of art called Hermes Trismegistos teaching Ptolemy the world Shut system. Up. What? Wow. And Hermes Trismegistos is the, the guy who yep. created Hermeticism. Yep. The author of the Emerald Tablet. Yes. Wow. So uh, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So basically, it's like the son of Hermeticism, Bartosh's. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Which then brought me to think about the conversations that we've had about everyone sort of being like a trio. Yeah. And how we think of Jonas and we think of Marta as being two. But I'm curious to see if there's evidence for Bartosh being their third. I would agree with that. Yeah. Because there's also that love triangle between the three of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that Bartosh is far more loyal to Marta in the Eret Lux group. Yeah, because she doesn't betray him with Jonas. There aren't any lies yeah. between them. Wow. Oh, speaking of Bartosh and Martha, I have something I need to credit to a Redditor. Mm -hmm. uh, Dido's Fire. This is such a good catch. They were saying that they were talking about Alexander's and Regina's relationship. And you know how in that episode we were talking about how Alexander was always there for her and like she would wake up from a nightmare and he'd be like, it's okay. Everything's okay. And comfort her. And he would say that a couple times throughout the show telling her everything's okay. 
Well, this person, Dido's Fire, found in the finale of season one, when Martha confesses to Bartosz that she kissed Jonas and she's breaking down and she's like, ever since Mikkel went missing, I don't recognize myself. And she's like spilling her guts to him. Yeah. What does he do? He holds her and says, everything's okay. Oh, my God. He he is very much like Alexander there. Yes, he is. Yeah. And like, I love that little detail because... It's such a great example of something that a child would pick up from his parent. What do you do when a a woman you care about is freaking out in front of you and breaking down? You hold her and you say, everything's okay. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. My goodness. I think that Bartosh really got like the short end of the stick in almost every regard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's so much in, in line with the themes of dark because you start out watching the show and thinking one thing about the characters and then they'll morph into something else and you'll get so much more information about them and understand why they are the way they are. Cause initially I was like, fuck this Bartosh guy. He stole Jonas's girl and yeah. he's like <laughs> trying to deal drugs and it all this like skeevy shit because Marta did it. Marta left, yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. But then you find out he's just, he's nice. He's a nice guy and he has a tragic yeah. story and, he just has yeah. so much stacked up against him and no emotional support. I also wanted to talk briefly about a lot of the hate I saw on him about, you know, I just don't think they were a good match. There's a lot of hate on Reddit about Bartage and uh, most of it's geared towards their conversation, their breakup conversation where he's like, you know, my mom's dying and Marta is kind of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. She's like, you know, I, I have all this stuff going on in my life. My, you know, my, to be fair, it's true. My brother went missing, you know, my family's falling apart, but she says, and you want to tell me about your crap? And it's like, oh, like just realize you both are going through some shit and you can't be there for each other in the way that you need to be yeah, there for each other. Acknowledge and it that's least. it, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's really unfortunate. And especially if you think about what he sees from his parents. Yeah. Which are that no matter what's going on, you're there, you're, you're thick and you're sticking it together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He just, he doesn't have that until Celia, supposedly. You know what I just realized Mm -hmm. in thinking about this? The moment she says, Hanno, would your first thought not be the last 20 years that we spent together? Were you just in place? Were you just fitting into a place that you needed to, to have this kid to continue the timeline? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. The 20 years of happiness was suddenly undercut and swept out beneath you. There's also some really cool lines that Bartosh has that I think you don't really notice until the second watch through. Like the scene before he dies, before Noah kills him, he says, I hope a day will come when you also stop believing everything Adam tells you. Yeah. And the mirror between the fact that when Bartosh stops believing, he gets killed. And then when Noah stops (sighs) believing, he also dies like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really cool, really cool stuff. And I think Bartosh has a couple of good lines of like good advice too. I can't remember, but I remember on my second watch through being like, you know, this guy is, he's like a really good guy for the most part. There's an annoying thing where, no, Marta's, Marta kisses Jonas, right? And then Bartosh punches Jonas instead of having the conversation with Marta. Like, that always drives me crazy. The three <laughs> of you need to talk, like, stop blaming it. You know, 
Jonas didn't steal anyone. She has lips. She kissed back. Yeah. You know, a little bit of that. But yeah, I think what I find really interesting is the parallel between Francisca and Bartosz, because I think they are mirrors of each other. I think they both really dislike secrets being kept. And their main betrayal is in that. If you're hiding a secret from me, we're dead. You're dead to me. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. So good. Oh, yeah. The other thing, too, is like everybody else like ties him up and leaves him in the wind in caves overnight as a punishment for not revealing the truth about time travel. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? I'm sorry. I held this secret and you're going to tie me up. But every single one of you has a secret that you're keeping from everybody else in this room. Yeah. Like, holy shit, man. Yeah, that part is so fucked up. I totally forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah me they too. did that. The one secret that he ends up keeping. They punish him know, for it. Yeah. They punish him for it. And it's like a secret that arguably, you know, Mercs, if I found out you were keeping time travel from me, I think I would be like annoyed, but I not once would I be like, you be, you, I mean, that's an obvious secret that you would have to keep. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are just some things that you have to, you know, there's a respect yeah. and admiration that I feel like I would give because you're keeping yeah. that secret. Like that's well, also because it's me and I can't lie for shit. So <laughs> yeah. if you so found I'd out that very, I actually I would be very proud of you. Like, yeah, wow. I'd be like, GG, you did it. But yeah, I, I just think there are some things where it's like, oh, I understand why you kept that. You had to keep that a secret because that's, you know, you're in a secret order. I get it. I would never kick the shit out of anyone and tie them up and leave them alone in a cave overnight, no matter what they did. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. I am so painfully aware of karma and I'm also an empathetic little fuck. (laughs) I I feel people's emotions way too much to be able to do any harm to anyone like that. Nope. Yeah, man. It just sucks. Like whenever I think about Bartosh being brought back to the past with a guy who cheated on his girlfriend who used to be his best friend you know bartosh actually does lie for Jonas. he lies to everyone and says he was in france that's how we introduce him yeah and he says to Jonas in their first fight after he finds out that Jonas kissed martha i lied for you you know which really does feel like that's a line for him that's a line yeah big deal for him big deal for him yeah yeah and then just thinking about being brought back into the past with this stranger who, yeah, saved you from an apocalypse, but like, you know, he's older, you know, you can't get home. He's just waffling. He's sitting there doing these things over these years and then realizing the things that need to be done in order for you to actually travel. This person has to become Adam in order for you to actually get home. Like how demoralizing. It's almost like prison. It's almost yeah. like being put in prison and then just waiting for the day that you can get out again. And you know what sucks? Out of all of the sick Mundus members, Bartosh never travels. He must. That tattoo. How are you going to get that tattoo? I okay, mean, that's the one thing. Right? But I, I don't know. I could imagine like, well, he builds, he builds the doors in the Wind and Caves. Yeah. That's what they're doing. He's the one who builds the doors. Yeah. But it doesn't get activated until later. Yeah. Like, all I'm saying is we never see him in any other time period. Yeah. Once he travels back, he's there. Every yeah. scene with him as an adult is in the 1900s. Well, they do go back to 1987 when he tries to prove to them that it's a time travel device. As a teenager? Yeah, as a teenager. Yeah, with I'm talking about Agnes. No, as she a means adult. As an Bartosh. adult. Yeah, oh, like got he's it, got, got the got tattoo. Got yeah. On the prison sentence note, like that is actually the perfect 
analogy to like what happens to him. He literally goes yeah. back in time and then is stuck for the rest of his life until he yeah. is murdered by his son. Yeah. I bet you that was a decision that Adam made because he knew that maybe if he let Bartosh go, Bartosh would was leave. the weak link. Yeah. And yeah. He would leave. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's why he allowed Noah to off him before traveling Jonas com- came back to 1921. Yeah. Before they finished the door and oh, yeah. Bartosh could fucking walk <gasps> through it and leave. leave. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Yep. what the hell so in a way we could say that bartosh becomes a martyr for the cause just Uh like his Mm -hmm. name just like bartholomew yeah yeah wow wrong wrong holy crap also i just want to throw this out there for all of reddit okay Jonas and marta weren't dating they kissed one time in the summer and they kept it a secret or excuse me they kissed but it was future Jonas. so current Jonas only had a crush on marta and maybe apparently never told bartosh they had sex. They had sex the day that they kissed. I think they oh, had a summer right. romance. That's Future right. Future yeah. Jonas a- kissed Martha. Kissed Martha. 2019 Jonas had sex with Martha. That's right. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think they were technically dating. I think they just had a crush and everybody that knew they about acted it. Upon. Yeah. yeah. And Bartosz and Martha got together while Jonas was gone. And a lot of people are like, Bartosz stole his best friend's girlfriend, but... I don't know if Jonas was very forthcoming in his feelings about Marta. So I suspect Bartosz didn't know because 100%, I don't think he would have, I don't think Bartosz would have done that. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think he didn't know because they weren't communicating. Like Jonas didn't say, I have this huge crush on Marta. And then also, I think there's a line where Jonas is like, a lot happened while you were gone. I don't know if there's like, is, and is this okay? Did anything happen between you guys? Bartosz does right by Jonas and says like, is everything all right? And Jonas is like, yeah, it was nothing. Yeah. So Jonas yeah. lies to him. So like, how can, how can he be a good friend? And like, and also Marta is involved too, right? Like she makes the Marta decision knows. too, you know? Yeah. yeah. So this is Jonas's best friend. It's more of a betrayal on Marta's part, in my opinion, to hook up with, you know, the guy that you slept with best friend. Like, come on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. So I know I'm looking forward to the Martha and Jonas episodes because we haven't touched on their love story at all this whole time. Yep. We haven't really talked about them as characters. But mm-hmm. yes, that is one thing I will say right now. I felt looking back on the show and their relationship, they were always like ships passing in the night. Yep. They had these moments where they were together. But really, the whole story, the whole love story is based on feelings that they weren't yeah. really able to act out. Yeah, I think they did that on purpose to show they're just naturally drawn to each other. Same way Francisca and Magnus are. It's the timelines being drawn to each other, not them. Yep. Yeah. But we'll get there, right? Yeah, we will. Should we do some shout outs? Yes, we absolutely should. Great episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Peeps, would you like to go first? Sure. I'm PB at Pumpkinberry. You can find me at Twitch and Twitter at Pumpkinberry. And you can see a brief little portfolio of the stuff that I get up to over on pumpkinberry.tv. I currently show run improv storytelling shows, I guess, on Twitch, uh, which you can check out, which means that we kind of break down the plot. I do a lot of behind the scenes writing, but all the dialogue is improvised. Uh, and it's very, very awesome. So if you'd like to come check that out, we're currently running a very, very dark, messed up MK Ultra style show called The Cerebrum Project, which is on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. But some other stuff that I've run, which I think that I truly think you will enjoy if you've uh, if you enjoy dark as much as you do, is Nocturne and Gone, uh, all of which you can find on pumpkinberry.tv. So that's me. Yeah. Thanks. 
Acorn. Yeah, I'm Acorn Bandit. You can find me online at Acorn Bandit and also on joysons.com, J-O-I-S-A-N-S.com. Tack on a slash pages slash Acorn to get a list of all of my links. Uh, currently, I am working on a Final Fantasy X novelization for the 20th anniversary of the video game, which is going to be in December. So crazy project I've actually had in my brain for over 10 years that I'm finally acting on. And you can check out all the details about it on ffxthenovel.com, where I've been blogging and uh, started the prologue this weekend. And I'm really excited about it. Yes. I'm so excited for you. Amazing. And I'm Murgles. I'm an animator and a storyboard artist, and I animate a film live on Twitch. I've been working on my film for about a year now. We'll probably be doing it for another year. I'm in principal animation now. So if you're interested in animation, if you're curious on how it gets made, or if you have any questions, I love answering questions. So you can just come by my stream and ask me how animation works, and I will talk your ear off about it. It's the best. Oh, thanks. So thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you have enjoyed it. Of course, if we've missed anything, you can tweet at us individually using the hashtag DarkCompanionPod or at Radio Winden. You can also email us at DarkCompanionPod at gmail.com. Of course, special thanks to Johnny Caballero for letting us use the beautiful cover art. And you can find him on Twitter at Johnny Knight. That's J-H-O-N-Y-K-N-I-G-H-T. We're also proudly part of the Geek Generation Network, and you can find more awesome podcasts related to cool nerdy things like TV, comics, and movies at thegeekgeneration.com. Thank you so much for diving into dark with us. We will be back next Thursday with a Radio Winden because now we are splitting each, each one up. But the Thursday after our next full episode is... Agnes. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is going to be one sexy episode. Yeah. It's oh, my be God. Good. Do we all have to dress up? Red lipstick. Yeah. Look all, <gasps> Let's do it. I would love it. Look all 40s. I love yeah. it. Get pink curls. Okay, great. <laughs> so thank you so much, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.